You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode where I wanted to go over something that I've been thinking about a little bit lately. It's something I've been thinking about as I've been coaching some of my students out there, and I wanted to share it with you today. And then after that, I want to do some Q&A and answer some questions for people who have written in. So why don't we get to it? So if you feel like you're still struggling to approach women, and I know that approach anxiety is is a big topic, it's one of the biggest pain points that guys have when it comes to meeting women. I feel like if we were to completely eradicate all approach anxiety, then well, first of all, I wouldn't have my job. And second of all, more men would be meeting more women, even if they didn't know how to flirt or hold a conversation, they would still be doing better because they don't have that fear of approaching a woman. And I even think they would be better at flirting in conversation, actually, because they just wouldn't have that part of their brain that has that fear, that anxiety, and it would allow them to be more comfortable, which would then attract more women. However, that's not the case. We do have that anxiety. We do have that fear of rejection. It is very real. And I wanted to give you a new perspective on how to look at something like this. And this is an, a tactic that I'm trying to do here that is trying to frighten you, even though I know you're frightened enough uh, trying to talk to women, but I wanted to give you another tactic here that, that will frighten you in a sense to push you to do approaches. So we think about it this way, right? Right now, there are people out there who are approaching women. Maybe they are comfortable doing it because they have all their life. Maybe, and that actually reminds me of the episode I did recently about being a natural, right? So they, they learned through a younger age how to socialize and, and were pushed and encouraged to socialize more. So maybe it's easier for them to talk to women. Maybe they had times in their life when they were younger where they had boosts of confidence so that helps them. So maybe they learn that way. Maybe they got coaching. Maybe they, you know, watch some videos and push themselves to do it. Either way, all the people who are approaching women who are starting conversations who then end up, you know, getting results in that area because they are doing the approaches and getting over their approach anxiety, they will then spread their seed, so to speak, right? So when they have children, when they have children, then what's going to happen is they get that opportunity to spread their genes to have their gene pool continue. And those who decide not to approach, they will not be able to continue their gene pool. They will not be able to spread their seed. And it ends there. So what I'm trying to say is, if you don't approach a woman and you decide not to, and you let the fear take over, or whatever reason it is that you're not going over and doing it, even though you want to, what you're actually doing is weeding yourself out of humanity. I'll say that again. You're weeding yourself out of humanity. Like, whoa. I know that's pretty deep and pretty intense, but is it not true? Is it not true that if you don't end up doing that, then you're going to be weeding yourself out of humanity? Well, I understand. Some people don't approach. They do go on dates from online and they meet women that way. However, a lot of guys are not getting results online. So they only have the opportunity to approach. And so if you are sitting there in that moment saying to yourself, man, I really want to approach her, but then you miss the opportunity 
because you purposefully don't approach. So you are not approaching because you don't want to out of fear. This is that moment where you're basically saying, you know what? I do not want my genetics to continue. I don't want my seed to be spread. That's pretty crappy, if you ask me. Pretty crappy. You're basically in this Darwinism game of survival of the fittest, right? So if you know anything about evolution, the species that survive get to carry on their genes, and the species that don't, do not. That's how evolution occurs. So the strongest survive. The fittest survive. Do you want to survive? And even if you don't want kids, either way, even though I know most people do on this planet, that's why we keep growing exponentially, the population keeps going up, we do want that, a lot of people do, and you are just going to stop right there. Your genes stop right there. Or maybe even this, can you even at the least prove to yourself that it is something that you can do so you know it's something that your children will be able to do? You have that choice. You have the opportunity to carry on your genetics by just doing the approach. Even if it's not going to be the woman you're having sex with and, and having babies with, that's not the point. I just mean the point is, is in general. Because eventually, the approach that you do, where it ends up that that girl becomes a potential suitor to be your wife and bearer of your children, that will be the opportunity for you to continue your gene pool. All I know is this, I don't want you to sit here overanalyzing too much of what may happen and just focus on the fact that you want to be one of the top tier men who are going to be the fittest to survive, who are going to do the hard thing, who are going to be the ones to carry on your genetics to your children, who will also have the strength to carry on theirs. Don't weed yourself out of humanity. Do not go awry, stay on course, and continue your path and purpose. And like I said, I know this is not for everyone. Not everyone actually wants to do that, having kids. And I know there's a lot of people out there who just say, screw it, and I'm just going to be meeting you know, women who are online. But let me tell you something. That doesn't even matter because you are still going to be meeting them in person. Unless you want some sort of weird text online relationship, you won't be able to get away from the fact that eventually you'll be in person with the woman. And let me tell you, if you end up doing approaches and you go out there and you make that happen, what ends up happening is you become more confident on those dates. So the approaches that you do are actually going to help you do better on the dates, even if you don't end up meeting a woman on an approach. Guys ask me all the time, do men really meet women during a cold approach? Like, does that happen? They become like, a, they get like a girlfriend from that? And the answer is absolutely yes. Now, not every single person does, but I'll tell you this much, the ones who still go out and do cold approaches, even if they don't meet someone who's going to be their girlfriend one day or wife one day or someone to sleep with, those guys still end up doing better, like I said, on the dates that they end up getting from online. Or maybe they end up in some warm approach situation where they meet women through friends in their social circle. And even then, they're going to do better. Imagine this. Imagine you've never approached a woman in your life. Maybe you've been on a handful of online dates, and then you have a social circle, and you end up getting introduced to a beautiful woman. This is now one of your shots, but you have no experience whatsoever because you have not gone out, done approaches, been on many dates. Most likely, it's not going to go well. 
because you're going to be very nervous because you're not used to this, because you're not used to talking to a woman you're attracted to. So you're really crossing your fingers here and hoping for the best. And a lot of guys, what they'll end up do, what they'll end up doing is they'll end up being with a woman from their social circle only because that's the best that they can get. And that's no good. That's called settling. That's called settling. And that's uh, giving your potential marriage a higher chance of divorce, which leads to a lot of unhappiness. Or what if you are the guy who goes out and approaches women, talks to women, is social, does his best to push himself out there? Imagine now you have an opportunity to meet a woman through your social circle. And you've done this so many times that this is now just one more approach that you do. It's going to be a lot easier, isn't it? Because you're ready for this. You were born for this. Because you've already been doing it. You have the experience. It's all part of it. So I urge you, go out there, meet women, even though you're nervous. What I'm not going to say is, you know, what, what people say, oh, don't be nervous. It's like, you're going to be nervous. I get it. But what do you do with that nervousness? What do you do with those nerves and anxiety? Do you let yourself get weeded out of existence to not carry on your genes? Or do you say, no, I'm going to be one of the few who's actually going to go over and approach the woman? I would pick the latter, my friends. And I hope, I truly hope that you will too. All right. Why don't we go into some Q&A? By the way, if you want to ask a question here on the podcast, Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question, and I will answer your questions right here on the podcast. And thank you for all of you who have taken the time to write me, and uh, I'm really catching up here. So I'm ready. I'm ready to answer your questions, and, and I like to do more of this Q&A because I feel like it's really helping, guys. If you feel like you want to ask a question, but you need more help, you can always work with me. I do have coaching. And I do have spots available if you'd like to work with me. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I also have a new mastermind that I've created that is starting very soon here. There's a few slots available, different time slots that I have. And it's going to be an ongoing thing. So if you want to join that or do something one-on-one -on -one with me, go to coachedbytrip.com where you can learn a little bit about it, see other people who have done coaching, and then from there, you can apply yourself. And you and I will get on the phone and we'll figure out if coaching is a good fit for you. Coachedbytrip.com. Link is in the show notes. Let's roll. Here we go. This is from Anonymous. He writes in, Hey there, Trip. I want to say thank you for your great podcast. My main reason for this email is how do I handle someone who has ghosted me. I matched with this woman on Tinder and exchanged numbers. Then we had our first date at my apartment and we hit it off. I got close, put my arm over her shoulder, and whenever I got up, I would touch her thigh. She had to leave early due to her son not feeling well. We hugged and deep tongue kissed, and I took her to her car while holding her from behind, kissed her again, and she drove me home. We continued with a plan for the second date. I confirmed the day before, and she said yes. We were on the day of, and she said she had to cancel due to her sitter canceling. I understood and said we can video chat later, and she was fine with it. Then I contacted her, and she didn't answer. I sent a goodnight text. The next day, I did my usual good morning text with my breakfast pick and no response. I tried to video chat and no response. I noticed her Tinder profile was deleted. Are there any other methods to try? Thanks a ton, Trip. I look forward to the answer and will continue to tune in. Great question from Anonymous. Thank you for writing in. Well, there's a lot to say here per usual. So here's what I'll, I'll say first. First, if you ever get ghosted, 
The only thing you could try to do, and I, I'm going to be very careful when I say this because I don't want you to take this too seriously or else you'll be overanalyzing, but the, the one thing you can do is you say to yourself, is there anything I could have done better? That's it. That's the only thing you can do. If it ghosted you, they're gone. They're not interested. I'm being kind of tough love here and pretty stoic. I understand that you're going to sit there and be like, oh man, this sucks. You're going to feel all kinds of emotions. But you got to just say to yourself, all right, it's gone and we don't know why, but is there anything that maybe I could have done better? And if you can't think of anything, you can't think of anything. But again, don't go too deep because if you overanalyze this, it's not going to help you because you know you might not know for sure what you did right, what you did wrong, but maybe there's something in there you can guess, maybe. And I'm going to try to take a guess. Again, this might not be 100% correct, but I'm going to take a guess based on what you said to me here of maybe why she ghosted you. Now, the list could be endless, right? So it could be endless of why she ghosted you. Maybe she decided she's not ready for dating and she thought she was. Maybe an ex-boyfriend came back. Maybe you did something that turned her off. Maybe something happened with her kid. It sounds like she has kids, right? So, okay, maybe all these reasons, possible, 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 but we don't know the reason. So what do we do? Sit there, think about it for a second. Nothing comes up. Move on. Move on fast. And guys, never get too excited about a woman. And please always be dating multiple women at once so you always have an abundance of women. So when this happens, you don't care. So the real answer is how to deal with ghosting someone. You got to have an abundance of women in your life so it's not a big deal. And then to answer your question, are there any other methods to try? No, there's not. Now, back to why I think she might have potentially ghosted you. I'm getting a sense of neediness here. I'm getting a sense of neediness based on what you're saying. Okay, so it sounds like you guys did pretty well with the uh, physical part. Okay, so you guys had, you know, some kissing, some holding. Okay, all good. And then it went nowhere because she ghosted. But this is where I'm thinking, huh, you sent a good night text. All right, that's fine. And the next day, you said, I did my usual good morning text with my breakfast pick and no response. I don't love that. I really don't love this breakfast pick, my usual good morning text. I don't want you to be sending good morning texts, good night texts. A good night text, I guess, is fine if she was over that night. That's not the biggest deal in the world, but I don't know. Maybe you're sending good night texts all the time. Maybe... You're doing this a lot, although you said this was your first date, but I wonder if there's anything else you did that might have been needy based on how I'm seeing here with your usual good morning. Is this like a, if this is your first date, then is this something that you do all the time? I don't want you to be scaring women away by texting too much. I say this quite a bit in the Trip Advice content universe and in my coaching, of course, you only want to use texting to meet up, not to have cutesy little breakfast pics with good morning and all that stuff. I know this sounds a little gamey to some guys, and hell, maybe it is a little bit, I don't know, but you don't want to be showing too much attention. It's just going to turn her off. That's just the bottom line. Showing too much attention is going to turn her off. It is more attractive for you to be busy with your own thing. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be that doesn't mean you're going to be standoffish when you meet her. No, you're going to give her all of your attention when you guys are hanging out. You're just not going to be doing this intermediate conversation, keep up with the convo thing. And I'll be saying this forever. I don't care about what Gen Z keeps saying about this fact that, no, you don't understand, Trip. This is the way. This is what people are doing. They're texting. They're texting. It doesn't matter. 
if a woman likes you, trust me and don't listen to what they say because they're not going to answer this. They're not going to answer this properly. Trust me. If she likes you and you always have a date set, there's no reason to be texting in between. No woman is going to completely break up with you if she's attracted to and you guys are having a good time in person. It just won't happen. So lay off the texting. It might be too needy. I wonder if you were too needy with her. Everything else sounds pretty good. I mean, you did move the interaction forward. You guys got physical. But we'll never know for sure. And that's kind of my point here is because you'll never know for sure, we don't go too deep into it and we just move on. All right, so now we're going to do something a little bit different. I don't know if you knew this. I don't talk about this too much in the podcast, but I'm here to bring it back. I actually have a hotline, and you can leave a message with your question, and someone did that. The hotline is 323-432-0025. It is just for you to leave a voicemail. No one will pick up. It will go right to a little message from me, and if you want to get your questions answered instead of writing it and asking it through your own voice... Go to 323-432-0025. Call that and leave a voicemail just like this guy did. Let's check it out. Trip, uh, my name's Kyle. I'm 22 years old from Richmond, Virginia. I'm only a new listener, but I feel like a common theme for how to attract women is to be your own person, having genuine confidence in yourself, your goals, your hobbies, basically knowing that you don't need this person. I think it prevents you from coming off as clean or needy. And uh, I don't really have that. I've never found a hobby I'm interested in. My work makes me feel hollow at times. Um, my goals in life were to find a wife and have a large family and I end up looping around and making getting women the goal, uh, which sort of loosened the whole problem again. Uh, I get attached to prospective dates and girls far too easily. Um, how do I learn to give up on this dream? How do I find hobbies that <clears throat> I enjoy? How do I basically become my own person without needing anyone else or anything? Uh, it's just feels like nothing I've tried myself has worked, and I'm losing hope that things will ever change. Um, thanks so much, and I hope you have a great day. Kyle, I hope you're listening because I have some answers for you. First of all, basically what you're asking is, how do I not become needy? But you kind of answered it. You know the answer is to become your own person. So the answer is you have to become your own person, and there's things you have to do to do that. So what I'm hearing from you specifically is it sounds like you just don't like your life. It sounds like you don't like your life, and that is pretty normal for a person who does get attached easily to other people. So the fact that you are feeling needy for other women means that you need them to fulfill your life and to fill a hole that you can't fill yourself. And speaking of this whole analogy with the word hole, you even said the word hollow. Work makes you feel hollow. I believe that's that's what you said there. That's what it sounded like. So you don't like your life, you don't like your job, you don't have any hobbies, you have nothing going on. So this is something that I would work on before you start going off and trying to meet more women. Is this fixable? It absolutely is. Before I give you some suggestions, I just want to say there might be a possibility that there's other things happening that are making you feel depressed. Uh, Maybe that there's other things in your life that are making you feel like you're not enough, that could be on a deeper level. So I would recommend seeing a psychologist, first of all. So I'd recommend seeing a psychologist to work out some of the inner issues that are going on. Maybe there's some things that happened that stemmed in childhood. I don't know for sure. 
If this is seeming that it's not connecting with you, uh, then maybe that's not the issue. But I would keep that as an, uh, keep an open mind as that may be an issue there. Okay, maybe something that you want to deal with. But you want to know, okay, how do I create my own life? Well, first of all, you need to do some sort of work that you think that you would enjoy. Okay, so I would start looking for new work on something that you're interested in, something that you like, something that you think might make you happy. And I would do the same thing with finding hobbies. Now, a lot of people, and this is a lesson I learned, I'd say it's like three years ago, because I had a similar kind of issue where I thought like, what do I want my life to, to look like? What are the things I want to do? I had that, that kind of come up for me many times in my life, and I realized it kind of hit me one day, and this is going to sound obvious now that I say it to you, but it's something that I don't think a lot of guys realize, and I didn't realize either until the moment it hit me. You won't know what you like and what you want to do until you try stuff. You cannot sit down and think it through because you'll never come to an answer ever. You have to do things. You have to challenge yourself. You have to try new things. You have to travel. You have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to take action first and then see from there what you like, what you enjoy, what's going to be good for you in the long run, what kind of work you think you would enjoy. You have to try new things. Of course, I know you can't try new jobs. That's something you might have to think for a little bit, but you know, there's something that interests you even just a little bit, I'd recommend going out there and just seeing if it's a position that you could fill in a company somewhere. Okay, and same thing with hobbies, that's a little bit easier. You can just try new things, go out there and try things. What I want to do too is I want to go through a couple bullet points here on a blog post I'm actually going to write soon all about happiness. I'm going to just kind of cruise through it. I'm not going to go into too much detail when the blog posts come out. You can just go to tripadvice.com. That is my blog, and you can see it there in full. So keep checking there over the next several weeks or months for when I finally get it up. I started outlining it, and here's some of the things that you might want to try also, Kyle, to make you feel a bit more happy and less needy for other people in your life. So first of all, you have to make sure that you are having a really good diet. So if you are super obese, you want to make sure that you work on thinning out because you want to regulate your emotions and you're not going to feel so good about yourself, nor are you going to feel healthy if you're obese. My biggest tip for that is you just skip meals. It's the best way that you can actually lose weight. And there's a lot of studies done that talk about intermittent fasting that say it's actually good for you to not eat till a certain hour because your body ends up kind of killing some of the bad cells and cleaning out your body a little bit. So think about that for diet. For sleep, you want to make sure that you have really good sleep so you feel energized throughout the day. Best thing you can do is get a sleep mask and get earplugs. My recommendation for that is Sleep Master on Amazon. And then my recommendation for earplugs is called Heroes. Also, you want to exercise. You want to do some sort of full body workout two to four times per week. Okay, that's also going to make you feel better. It's going to make you build your self-esteem. It's going to make you feel happier that you're getting your body moving because our bodies are meant to move. I actually... I was working with a trainer just recently, and he said that to me, and I really like that. It's like, your bodies are meant to move. They're not meant to be completely stagnant. You want to have activity. You want to be moving. You want to be moving your body, okay? Next, nature. Get outside. Hopefully, you can live somewhere where you can get outside, breathe the fresh air, and then you want to be working your way up to 10,000 steps per day. So that's going to help you with getting more movement in your body, but also it's going to be nice to be outside and connecting with nature a little bit. I also recommend under this nature category that you get a vitamin D supplement because we just don't get enough sunlight and vitamin D will help with that because vitamin D 
is something that we get from the sun and we as human beings need that. Another thing is avoiding stress, okay? So you wanna avoid stressful people. You wanna avoid stressful environments, you know, like going to the grocery store can be stressful. Maybe you should just get your groceries delivered or going to specific gyms that you feel are better for you. And you wanna avoid things that stress you out, like, like things like phones and technology. You know, if you're on social media a lot and you find that you don't get uplifted, which I don't know how many people get too uplifted from watching social media. It's really just a, something that makes you feel crappy or just kind of passing the time. So maybe you stay away from that. Avoid stress. Next is hobbies, okay? This helps you not to be needy, as we're talking about. It also helps your mood. You're going to be happier because you're going to be doing things that you enjoy. So the gym is one hobby. We already kind of mentioned that. Martial arts is a good idea. Gets your body moving also challenges you, and it also gets you to meet new people. So those are some examples there, but other hobbies can be anything that you find that could be a year-round hobby, a winter hobby, or even a summer hobby. Think golf, winter hobbies, think skiing, okay? And next, you want some sort of oxytocin. So this is going to be done through getting massages or socializing, right? So it comes from touch. Oxytocin comes from having sex and just from general touch. So this is going to come from you approaching, going out and talking to women. Touch, yes, this is huge. So if we add all these things together, it will actually help you become more happy. If you feel that any of these things in your life are lacking, well, that's because you're not putting your focus into it. So focus on these things. I'll say them again, oxytocin, hobbies, avoid stress, nature, exercise, sleep, and diet. What you have to understand is most people think mood is controlled by their thoughts. Like if you want to be happy, you just think happy thoughts. But no, that's up to chance. Mood is controlled by chemicals in your brain. And you can trigger those chemicals by doing these following things, or I should say aforementioned things. Okay. So think about it like that and think about it as in their habits. It's not goals, they're habits. They're things that you do on a daily basis. They're weekly actions that you're going to take. My friends, I can help you all through this. Don't think you have to do this alone. You know where to go to reach out for help. It's coachedbytrip.com, and I can help you. If you feel that this is tough, that podcasts, YouTube videos, and TikToks are not doing it for you, well, then get a coach. And anyone who I've ever coached has never regretted it. They've always taken their life to the next level because they have someone who's looking out for them, and I'm going to look out for you. And that's what we do in the Trip Advice Coaching Program. Go to coachedbytrip.com today and apply. Guys, if you have questions, write in. Write me at trip at tripadvice.com and I can answer your question here on the podcast. Call me, 323-432-0025. Leave a voicemail and I will also answer those here on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.